audience, welcome back to another episode of Brick House. I'm your host, Bob Johnson. I'm Matt Baker. I love the hey audience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're here. Uh, we're here. We're past the halfway point of the NBA previews. I felt like we've done a zillion of these already. <laughs> well, we're still we're still actually not even in the uh, in the playoffs yet in the Western Conference. Wow. This is no, actually, this is the first one. This is the first. Excuse me. This is the eighth seed in the playoffs. This is the Utah frickin' Jazz. You know, if you if you think about sax solos and John Coltrane, Miles Davis, Utah. they all came from those those Rocky Mountains near the <laughs> yeah. the Lake of Salt. I remember those stories of Coltrane and uh, Miles Davis and all them sitting in the snow <laughs> right outside Park City. <laughs> And just coming up with just the most wonderful jazz music anyone had ever heard. See, on that corner, that's where I met Charlie Parker, you dig? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the jazz, the jazz are coming back, and uh, you know, I'm predicting them to make the playoffs this year. But before we get into how they play basketball, let's sort of break it down as to uh, how they've got here. What, uh, what I think about when I think about the jazz, I think about the TV show Community. Okay, and uh, you're, you'll probably see a running theme throughout this episode that ever since the great Jerry Sloan stepped down in 2009, the Jazz felt like the team is was never really the same. Uh, similar to when the, the show creator Dan Harmon was kicked off his own show wow. in Community. I think he did two or three seasons. There were uh, I don't know if critically acclaimed, but fans really liked him. Great and show, great show. He was a notorious uh, a-hole. I'm not saying Jerry Sloan is, but Dan Harmon was, I guess. And he got kicked off his show. They did a couple seasons without him. wasn't quite the same. And then they brought him back. I think he was doing new episodes on Netflix or Hulu or one of these new uh, revolutionary streaming sites. Yahoo. Was it Yahoo? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, the show was back. And Jerry Sloan, he's come back uh, in a consulting capacity since 2013. And you know what? In the past couple of years, the Jazz have actually started to turn it around. It looks like they, they might actually have a pretty good a pretty good season. And, you know, in this metaphor, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make Darren Williams Chevy Chase just because, you know, of all the stories you hear, those two seem like the, the biggest dicks. That is a good yeah, that's a good comparison. But uh, let's get into our next segment. Previously on the Utah Jazz. Like I said, I kinda think the team died when Jerry Jerry Sloan quit twenty three years ago. Do you know how that story went, Matt? He, when he quit twenty or when he when he quit after twenty three after twenty three years, years right. of coaching, fill me in on the story, Bob, because I I mean I remember the I remember that things were going south and I remember that things were just kind of I don't know I, I it wasn't the it, it's almost like the new guard tried to come in and didn't really care that Jerry Sloan was Jerry Sloan. Yeah, well, what it was uh, I looked up the story of the uh, interview with the owner just a couple of years ago. He finally sort of came clean of what happened the night the night before Sloan quit. I guess Darren Williams was was sort of freelancing during the game and changing the plays and apparently this is what Sloan said to him as he was accompanying the team to the locker room. He says, "Hey, if you're going to change the play, it'd be nice if you let the rest of the team know so we have a chance to score." Williams' supposed response, "My bad." Uh much to uh Miller's chagrin, it wasn't over after that. At that point, Sloan said, "You know what? I think I need to have a meeting with the owner." And that's when Darren Williams jumped in, heard this, and said, well, I'm coming too. Mm-hmm. And then Sloan said, looked back at Williams, and was just like, would you like me to quit right now? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, that just stopped everybody in their tracks. Even the owner told Sloan, like, hey, 
if it's between you and any freaking player, we're keeping you, you know? Uh-huh. And apparently Sloan said to him that night, that's nice, but I just don't know how much time, how much I have left in me, you know? And he, uh, he slept on it. He thought about what, uh, what the owner said, what Larry Miller said, and he came back and retired the next morning. Because he was almost he was almost seventy at that point. There's only so much when you're sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy. There's only so much that you want to put up with. After he was a done. While. Yeah, he was done with it, and it was it was very surprising. It certainly surprised me. And quitting in the middle of the season uh, was a was a big surprise. Even more surprising maybe was after they lost the coach, they still traded Darren Williams yeah. two weeks later. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a year later. So it was immediately. Yeah, it was almost Denver Nuggets in and getting rid of their coach and GM at the same time. Yeah. Like it, it didn't matter where the problem was coming. They got rid of everything that could have been the problem. Yeah. And actually, you know, since then they have, uh, they have started to rebuild. I mean, they, they decided at that point, we're going to blow it up. We're going to start over. And, uh, that's what they've done. We'll get to who they actually have on their starting lineup now, but they have a pretty young nucleus that uh, I'm looking forward to, to previewing. But before all that, <laughs> The owner is the Miller family now. Uh, Similar to the Lakers, it's a a family-run business. The patriarch died recently, Larry H. Miller. He became co-owner of the Jazz in 1985 when he purchased 50% of the team for $9.5 million. The following year, he purchased the remaining 50% for $17.3 million, bought out his partner, Sam Battistone. So that's what, $26 million? 26, yeah, $26, $27 million. Okay. 26.8 to be precise. Larry's made his money in uh, the automotive game. Since in 2007, Selling Power had him listed as the uh, 10th largest U.S. automotive dealer. It's more than 42 dealerships and sales of $13.5 million. Uh, he bought... Where he tried to buy a uh, television outlet, one of the last remaining VHF frequencies in uh, in Utah. Uh, he later changed the the name to KJazz or KJZZ. Mm-hmm. He also owns a theater, a financial consultant group, a, a motorsports park, and a chain of memorabilia outlets called Fans, also with uh, two Zs. I think his one of his downfalls was uh, he couldn't. He couldn't make the WNBA work in Utah, Bob. That's true. He, he was the owner of the Utah Stars. Couldn't make it work. Had to sell him to San Antonio. Right. Or sell him to the owner who moved him to San Antonio. Right. Sold him to old Peter Holt. The funniest thing I found about Larry Miller was, again, in researching the owner, and researching the Knicks owner, I discovered that the Wiz from one of my favorite shows, Seinfeld, what the electronics store was not a fictional store, and I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Found it funny. James Dolan bought the place and ran it into the ground. Uh, Larry Miller has a similar story. The episode of South Park where they go to Casa Bonita, Matt, have Butter, you, have Butter's you birthday. It was a Butter's birthday. Yeah. Right. It's this Mexican restaurant in uh, in Colorado that's famous for uh, not only having good food, but having a, a weird sort of entertainment with yeah. uh, people dressed as, as native Aztecs or something to that effect who uh, do cliff jumping and, and serve you. And, and you know, it's kind of like a, a Mexican luau from what I understand, you know, singing, dancing, cliff jumping and entertainment while you gustate. Larry Miller for some reason, was fascinated 
by this business model. So much so that uh, in uh, in the 1996, he began visiting Casa Bonita several times. Just because he loved it, right? He loved it. He yeah. just couldn't get enough of right. those super nachos. According to a lawyer who represents Casa Bonita, he was asking to see the books. Uh, he was very interested in the business model. Yeah, whenever I go to a restaurant, I always ask to see the books, too. <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy about that. Yeah, it's like seeing a wine list. Right. But uh, what he was actually doing was coming up with a way to make a very similar restaurant in oh, Salt Lake City, okay. which he called the Mayan. And uh, he was sued for a violation of the intellectual property and unfair competition, the lawyer claiming that tourists would be confused uh, as to the distinctiveness, the identification of the restaurant. He, he ripped off Casa Bonita. He, he thought, you know, what do, what do Mormons in, in Salt Lake City need? They need natives cliff jumping and serving yeah, them nachos, of course. singing and dancing. Yeah, they Naturally. founded jazz music, so they need, <laughs> they need that too. Anyways, yeah, Larry Miller, uh, RIP. The family is running the team now. In fact, his son just recently stepped down as, as CEO, but the family is still making decisions involving the team. And they seem to be really beloved there. You know, they have one of the the best home court advantages in the NBA. Just a quick correction. It's Kyle's birthday, and they invite Butters and not Cartman. Yeah, okay. Well, I could... Do you think it was possible that Larry Miller saw the South Park episode and just, like, dropped his sandwich? It was like, this is... This is the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen a burrito before. Yeah, yeah. He was he he was confused. I, I mean, I I guess if if Utah founded jazz music, they probably also founded the burrito. So, um, but I just wanted a quick correction there. Let's uh, let's get into our next segment and talk about who's playing for him. And now the starting lineup for your Utah Jazz. Matt, well, uh, we lost Dante Exum to uh, to an injury in the off season, which uh, might hinder all the all the sports writers' predictions of the Jazz making the playoffs. I thought it was going to be a kind of original guess of mine to predict the Jazz make the eighth spot this year, but it seems to be a popular pick. Um, yeah, Exum tore his ACL, which is which is not good. I mean, obviously, but it for someone who had a lot of hype, a lot of hype, albeit not a lot of, he didn't play against a lot of great competition in Australia. Right. Whenever he did, he did all right. And I could see the appeal of him, but definitely going into your second year, you never want to have a torn ACL. So at the two guard positions, you have the Burks brothers. Yeah. Al- Burke Trey- and Burks. Yeah. <laughs> Trey Burke and Alec Burks, who I don't know how they could play together for 20 years. And I would still call them the wrong name. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Trey Burke started 43 games last year. He's going to he's gonna be forced to start more this year. I think they were sort of deciding who their starting point guard was going to be last year. Now, kind of by default, he's got the, he's got the position. Their stud is uh, Gordon Hayward or Derek Favors. If Derek Favors ever, uh, I don't know. Derek Favors to me always seems seems like he hasn't lived up to the billing. But I don't, and I don't know if he'll get to the because he was a he was a top three pick. Yeah, it's something Wasn't like it? his sixth year in the league, yet he's still like twenty one. You know, every time yeah. I look up Derek Favors, <laughs> if, if you told me. If you told me the Suns, who we'll get to in another podcast, but if you told me the Suns were going to get Derek Favors, I'd be like, all right, yeah, like I'm in for that. Sure. I, I, I'll take Derek Favors. But then again, 
is is he the guy is he a, the guy that you want to build your team around or is he a, a guy that you want to slot in as like the second or third option he's definitely not carl malone no uh, one guy who was a revelation last year and a big part of the jazz's second half turnaround has got to be rudy gobert oh old rudy gobert huh yeah, yeah, Gobert. I earned the nickname the Stifle Tower. He, uh, which is pretty great. That's a great nickname. Yeah, he was one of those. He came out of nowhere because then he started having all these highlights in highlights. the second half yeah. of the season. Blocks and jams. yeah, and I, I started getting alerts on my phone and tweets and stuff about all these Rudy Gobert highlights. I was like, okay, like I guess this guy's a thing now. This is the uh, I think him and Hassan Whiteside. Those are the guys that came on in the second half that are either going to carry it through or just fall flat and remember and not capitalize on it roy hibbert uh, swan dives yeah yeah something like that it's a strong starting five yeah the team and i i like the four starting five and i like them as an eight seed and i don't see them going anywhere above an eight seed does that make sense i like the sure. starting lineup but i don't see i see the eight seed as their peak well let's uh, let's take it to our next segment <laughs> record prediction they won 38 games last year that was a 13 game increase from the year before Right. Solid increase. And and they before the All Star break they were nineteen and thirty four. After the All Star break, nineteen and ten. Wow. Yeah, quite a quite a turnaround. Yeah. So yeah, uh, actually I think um so thirty eight and forty four last year. I've got them I've got them all the way up to forty eight. And you gotta get at least forty eight near fifty to make the playoffs yeah. in the West. Wow. Forty eight? 48, so that would be a, a 10 game improvement on last year, or, or 23 to 25 game improvement. And that's two a years ago. and that's a crazy. It's one thing to go from the bottom and win 13 more. It's something else to go from close to the playoffs and then make that jump. That's a whole different 10 games. You said 48. 48. Yeah, I think Quinn Snyder is somebody who's not really been talked about much. But oh, Quinn Snyder's great. He's a good coach. Yeah, I'll, I'll save. I'll, I'll save 47. 47 yeah just right there at the yeah Quinn Snyder he uh he finally made it he was great at Missouri and then he had some trouble with uh Cocaine, with player, players yeah <laughs> well players and uh um sanctions and things like that so he he had to go to the D-League and work his way up he's got like a Robert Downey Jr. sort of career arc yeah well he uh Sean Penn it, it's cool to see because here's a guy at Missouri when he was doing well at Missouri Looked like he was in line to get whatever job he wanted. Mm-hmm. Then that stuff, then stuff happened. Went low to the D League, and then got assistance jobs, and finally worked back. So it's good that he he didn't like sulk, and he didn't kind of he didn't complain or anything. But yeah, yeah. In college, I always thought he was just doing way too much cocaine, trying to be Rick Patino. You know, yeah. doing yeah. a Rick Patino impersonation. Young but Rick you could Pitino. see him on the sidelines, just sweating and jittery. You know, he kind of yeah, like, uh, like a like a stereotype there. There's a segment we can't leave out. What the fuck has anything got to do with LeBron James? Canceled, but uh, it was with Paul Shirley and Justin Halpern, Short Corner. They did a whole episode I'd really recommend to anyone where they, uh, they're they comparing players and the league to Game of Thrones characters. Wow. And they, they compared LeBron James to the throne because it's just saying that every single team wants him. He is yeah. the goal. Yeah. You know, 
Um, anyways, is, is the point of Game of Thrones to get the throne? I haven't exactly. watched. Exactly, it is. They're okay. all trying to, to win the throne. Okay. You would think that the throne would be the championship, uh, but essentially LeBron is the gatekeeper to the championship. Yes. Man, I could have used that in a whole other LeBron segment. My LeBron segment this time is actually about how Utah is one of the most disliked places for James. He is uh, he has only won there once in the past five seasons. Wow. In fact, I would have never guessed. Yeah, this last the, – the home court advantage I'm telling you about. They, they started uh, this last season you know, in Cleveland. They ended well, but they started poorly. Four games into the season, they played the Jazz and lost on a Gordon Hayward step-back 20-footer at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. And it was the fourth time in the past five seasons that, that James had lost, despite having fantastic individual stats in Salt Lake. His averages for his career, which I think is 12 games in Salt Lake City, 31.3 points. 8.3 rebounds, 6.4 assists, uh, 12 career games. But, yeah, there's actually five different moments now after that Gordon Hayward thing where they lost in the last five seconds. In Utah. In Utah. Whoa. In LeBron's career. That's crazy. Oh, man. So one more, one more segment. And now it's time for a personal anecdote with Matt Baker. You know, uh, in honor of uh, being in the birthplace of jazz, I wanted to ask Matt, you know, if you were going door to door to uh, convince people to root for your favorite sports team, which team would that be? Could you give us a sample of the pitch? And also, I'm interested, what would you wear? I'm ashamed to say I just got the connection of going door to door in the Utah Jazz. (laughs) I'm ashamed to say that just clicked, and I've had... 35 minutes, 40 minutes to think about it. Uh, but that's the type of... What do you mean? That's the type, I, I don't get the connection. That's the type of professionalism you're dealing with here. My favorite sports team is Arizona State football. Your alma Sundays. Yeah, that's the team I grew up with. We would go watch practices up in northern Arizona before in the preseason. I remember me and you embraced after ASU... Uh, Overtime win oh, a that, years ago. That was a, a crazy game. <laughs> Let me stay at your place. Yeah, no that that was great because they remember they were they blocked a, an extra point to send it to overtime. Yeah, yeah. And then they did. blocked another one. Yeah, that was to an win awesome it. football game. It was insane, and we did. We we shared a lovely <laughs> embrace. Uh, I would I would maybe tell that story. I would, you know what I would wear? I would wear uh, a Pat Tillman Arizona State jersey. Okay. I would really tug it because ASU is not ashamed to use Pat Tillman <laughs> in any way possible. Pat, okay. Pat Tillman, uh, for those of you who don't know, went to Arizona State, got drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, then gave up millions to go into the Army, and then died in battle. Well, well it was more, I didn't know that. Did you not? No. Oh, you never knew that. I you didn't, didn't know, know who Pat Tillman was. Yeah, I, I knew. He, I assumed he played for the football team. Yeah, no, he. Uh, he was, yeah, he went to ASU, got drafted by the Cardinals, was doing pretty well, and then had a chance to sign a multi-million dollar contract, but instead went to the army to be. Does anyone know why? He just. It was right around after nine eleven, and he just. He was always one of those guys that they would always say was a little weird at ASU. He would, regardless of what he believed, he would just argue the other point just to like have a stimulating conversation. He was always thought of as a, a different guy. Okay. So he just thought that he was not contributing to life as much as he could have in the service. So wow. he went. He died. What turned out to be friendly fire. Jeez. And of course. Uh, not of course, I shouldn't label it like that, but unfortunately, they tried to hide it, 
and make him like to use his hero status. So there was like kind of a murkiness about how he actually died, and then it came out it was friendly fire. Wow, I wouldn't use this as your pitch. No, I wouldn't use that. I would, but I would use the the hero, the the jersey, and the you hero. You would use the propaganda that they use. But uh, yeah, so I would go and I would uh, I would use the Pat Tillman jersey. ASU football doesn't have any national championships or anything, but I would just use the funness of the games, and it's in Tempe at Arizona State, so you know there's always something going on. You can have a good time. Yeah, that's what I I would just try and speak passionately about it. Awesome. Because it is my favorite sport to watch and my favorite place to go watch a game. So, I've been on that Tempe campus before. You know, if I were going to suggest anything to help you with your pitch, I would bring a couple of the female students with you. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> about those. On the next episode of Brick House. You may think when we're talking about the next team that you're inside a Jurassic Park movie that's starring Drake. We'll find out who that is next episode of Brick House. <laughs> Thank you.